that's Charlie Daniels, and this is Frankly Speaking with Pastor Frank. I want to talk to you today on the topic of, is there gold in your crown? I'm looking at the scripture in Exodus 28, verse 36, 37, and 38. It's, it's talking about the high priest's garment, in particular the turban that was upon his head. And uh, so let's read it. Exodus 28, 36, and you shall make a plate of pure gold engrave on it like the engraving of a signet holiness to the lord and you'll put on it blue lace that it may be upon the mitre and the forefront of the mitre it shall be and you shall take aaron's forehead and aaron may bear the iniquity of the holy things which the children of israel shall hollow in their holy gifts and it shall always be on his head that they may accept or be accepted before the Lord. All right, so let's look at this. First off, a lot of the, the, the garments and a lot of the stuff in Exodus and Leviticus, I know is to many people something to just steer away from. They don't understand it. And, but really, it's, it's very, very beautiful. The garments of the high priest are special. They're significant. They're significant for a couple reasons because one, the high priest is a picture of Christ. It's one of the it's a great picture of Christ. He is our high priest. He came to bear us up before God and to take make us acceptable in the sight of God. That's the work of the priest. The prophet brings things down from God to man. The priest presents man before God and brings him and makes him right. And that's his purpose. And so Christ did that. So when we look at the things, the garments, especially the ceremonial stuff of the high priest, it really gives us a great picture of Christ. And it's, and it's so valuable and important just for that. And the other thing is the priest is a pattern for us as a royal priesthood. Peter would talk about it, that we're a royal priesthood. So let's look at this, this garment. And you'll make a plate of pure gold, and you'll engrave on it like a signet holiness to the Lord. This plate was a, a golden badge, if you will, right on the front of the high priest, King James says mitre. It was really a turban. It was pure white, and it was wrapped up. It wasn't some pointy cone head thing. It was a, more of a turban, but it had a blue ribbon around it and on that blue ribbon on the front of that ribbon there was this golden badge a golden plate and it said holiness to the lord and it's very significant because it was part of who the high priest was when you looked at the high priest the first thing you look at usually when you look at someone i mean he had a lot of beautiful stuff he had we talked about the little black stones on his shoulders uh, reminding him and reminding us that he carries the sin of all of us, all our names written on them. He had the beautiful breastplate of, of 12 precious and semi-precious stones, all beautiful, uh, covering his heart. And this turban on his head, usually it's one of the first places you look. There was so much ornate about the high priest's garments that, I mean, you could have looked at a lot of things, but usually you're going to look in someone's face and you couldn't help but notice right on his forehead this large golden plate, this badge proclaiming holiness to the Lord. And it was important because it spoke 
of who the high priest is, who he is before God, his place before the people. The high priest of the Old Testament was to forward holiness, to preach holiness, to show holiness in every way before the people, ceremonial by ceremonially by his official actions. He was to point to Christ and to let them think of the things of God as holy, special, separate, other than, apart from their normal behavior, and have a, a special reverence and regard for the things of God. Ministerially, he would teach and, and exhort by his life and, and individually by his example who God is and who we should be as servants of the Most High, what God expects of us, and and not just expects of us, because that's the way, frankly, a lot of people look at the law as the expectations of God. And by law, I just mean that whole section of the, the Old Testament, the Pentateuch, the first five books, characterizes law. Not just do this and don't do that, but but all of the ceremonial law, all of the things that so beautifully and wonderfully point to Christ, and they look at it as something to be avoided, something that's done and thrown away, hit the delete button and empty the trash because it's gone, but it's really not. It's beautiful, beautiful imagery and pictures of Christ and our life in him and the things that God, God gave it for a reason. There's only 66 books in the Bible, and he gave a large part of them deal with stuff that we really don't understand a lot of times. And so let me let me take us for a little walk down through ancient times and look at the high priest and look at this guy in a desert environment, dressed so beautifully, so spectacularly with with beautiful gems on his chest and with a, a white, beautiful turban on his head with a ribbon of blue holding a plate of gold that says, Holiness unto the Lord. Something that gives us awe, that makes us look at the specialness, the beauty, the reverence, the what God requires. And, and, it's, and it's not that he, as I said, is requiring do this, don't do that. And because we all have not done that, frankly. We're all outside. We're all lawbreakers. We're all guilty. We're all not right. You know, it's something that the high priest is one of the main instigators in the time of Christ of having him who was the fulfillment of all the law, who was the fulfillment of all of the ceremonial and sacrificial system who was an instigator in having him put to death, the high priest with holiness to the Lord written on his brow, but unholiness working in his brain and nesting in his heart. This is a, it's a moral contradiction. It's a paradox. It's a monstrosity. And that's the way it was. And it's easy for us to look back at that and say that's the way it was and point our fingers. But if you're pointing your fingers at someone else in Scripture, you're not really reading it that well, because there's always a way to look at it and say, how does it deal to me? Always the question of Scripture is, and what's it to me? Why is that important to me? Why is that there? Why did God include that in Scripture for me to read today? What can I get out of that? What does that beautiful plate, on the high priest's forehead, why is that important to me? Because Peter tells us that um, 
We are. You're a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now, frankly, that is just a a quote or a paraphrase, if you will, of the covenant that was made with Moses, right? And you will be. And here, so Peter picks that up, and he's talking about that's who we are now. We are a a chosen generation, and a royal priesthood. And it's marvelous because, uh, in fact, let me, let me read it. Let me read it. It's from Exodus 19. In Exodus 19, he says, Now if you will therefore obey my voice and keep my covenant, you will be a peculiar treasure to me above all the people of the earth, for all the earth is mine, and you will be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation, and these are the words which will speak to the children of Israel. And so this is the promise God made to them at Sinai. And what Peter is doing is saying, listen, this is who you are, because this was a type of something that God was going to do in you. So it's not just history to be that's not relevant to us. It is extremely relevant what the high priest did, because not only as a picture of Christ, but as a pattern for us as a royal priesthood, that idea that people could look at this man in his ceremonial costume, knowing that he's just a guy like the rest of us. He's messed up. He's got problems. He has to go home and deal with stuff just like everybody else. But yet, on his head is this beautiful white turban with the blue ribbon around it holding this golden nameplate in the beginning, holiness unto the Lord. And so my question is, uh, and my title to this podcast is, is there gold in your crown? When people look at you, do they see a crown of gold? Do they see a holiness? Do they see a specialness? Do they see what they were to see in the high priest back then, something special? something beautiful, something with some ceremonial weight to it. Do they see that? Or do they see plastic? Oh, plastic. Just, you know, people back in the 60s, you would call someone if they if they were kind of fake, if they weren't real. They would just call you plastic. You're just plastic, man. You're just plastic. Well, today everything's vinyl, and vinyl is as strong as steel sometimes. But it's not as beautiful as gold, even if you gold plate it. And so, are you real? We can point our finger at the high priest. We can look at what he did in the time even of Christ. But I'm asking you, are you real today? Are you real gold? Is there gold in that little thing across your head that says holiness to the Lord? Or is it like the high priest that was conspiring, like Caiaphas, like Annas, conspiring to put Christ to death. Is there gold in your crown? Is it made of gold or is it only just for show? Is our crown just something that people are going to see and bring a bad name? Or is it going to say, you know, I, I know this guy and yeah, he's got problems like everyone has problems. Listen, People are always going to want to point to you because they find some flaw or fault. Use you as an excuse to not do right, to justify their own bad behavior, 
poor choices or lack of accepting redemption even when it comes. They're going to do that all the time. That's human nature. That's who people are. But can they do that justly? Can they look at you and your actions and say that crown on your head is a disgrace because it's plastic, it means nothing to you. It's a crown on your head that has nothing to do with what is in your heart. Is that the case? And that's what I that's that's why I want to go here today, because it's 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 a special thing and we look at it as it was that way with the high priest, but is it that way with us? Our goal is to make the people accepted before the Lord. Our goal is to live in such a way that our actions are not perfect. They should be, but they're not. But that they are pointing to a work done by God, that he has made us holy, and we are holy and righteous and blessed in the beloved, not because of what we've done, not because I'm so good and so special, but because of what he has done. And because of what he has done, I am dressed in gold, and I show forth the praises of him who has called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's the rest of 1 Peter 2.9. That's the purpose of it. And so does your crown shine brightly? Is there gold in your crown? When people look at you, can they see any gold at all, or is it all just plastic? People are noticing us, and again, they're going to point out all of your faults, and that's okay, because you know why? Because you have faults. You have a lot of them. So do I. That's who we are. But there's a difference. There is a difference. And our crown is not a diadem crown like a king would wear of all gold and jewels. No, no. It's a simple white turban. It's a hat made white. Made white because it was washed in the blood of the Lord. And we're clean not because of ourselves. And we're not rich of ourselves. We're, we're just clean because he has cleaned us. But on that cleansed hat, on that head covering that is made white because of Christ, there's a golden plate. And that's who we are in him. It's, it's our badge of exclaiming to the world around us, there is something that God has to offer. And he's given it to me. And he will give it to you as well. What do people see in you? Is there gold in your crown? Well, until next time, amen.